the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You are a visionary. You have a vision. You just need to create it and bring it to life. Welcome to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with your host, Kate Ebner. Our program will be an hour of inspiration from leaders who are making their visions happen and will set you on the path to having a big impact through your leadership and the life you really want. Now here's your host, Kate Ebner. Good morning and thank you for joining us today. I'd like to welcome my colleague Kay Sandberg back. She is a visionary in her own right and founder of the Global Force for Healing, as many of you probably know from hearing her on our show earlier this month. Kay's going to co-host with me today as we continue our exploration of circle leadership. And today our guest is Arye Coopersmith, who is the founder and CEO of HR Forum and whose organization, HR Forum, gathers HR executives in Silicon Valley for conversation and dialogue. Lately, Ari has been planning to step beyond that role to create the One World Lights, a global community of leaders from all walks of life who are supporting each other and transforming the world. They're doing this using wisdom circles and global communication. The premise is simple and I think profound. It's to inspire thousands of these visionary leaders, global citizens all over the world to support each other through these circles and through this communication, um, this commitment to a, a global communication process to really accelerate humanity's urgently needed course change toward a healthy, just, peaceful, and sustainable world. This is really a wonderful and big vision. Uh, are you welcome today? Well, thank you, Kate. You've really... Uh You've really got it, what I'm doing. I think, uh, you know, we, we have the hour uh, summarized. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was thinking that, too. Every now and then you, you meet someone who's found the language that they need. And for those of you who are listening, I want to um, also mention that Arya has written a book called Holy Beggars, A Journey from Hate Street to Jerusalem. This book was published in 2011, and Holy Beggars is an account of your experience, Arya, living in the Haight-Ashbury community in San Francisco during the 60s and participating in the spiritual revolution that really took place in that neighborhood. Uh, Arya also holds a master's in humanistic psychology from California State University. And um, it sounds to me, Arya, that you've really been a seeker and a, a thinker and a, a change agent for some time. Would you say that's true? Uh, I, uh, I have been wandering, looking for what, uh, what needs to be done in the world, what I'm here to do. So, yeah, you could say that. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And Kay, welcome this morning. Thank you for coming back to, um, to help us um, hold this conversation today. Oh, thank you, Kate. It, it's a real pleasure. Um, I, I'm just so enthusiastic about REA's vision, mission, um, and I have the fort- good fortune of living close enough to be in an in-person wisdom circle going forward. <laughs> wow. So you're actually participating in what he's describing today. Yes. I'm, I'm just, uh, just hanging out there with you, REA, on the leading edge. 
Well, I have to say, Kay, that you have been uh, a real inspiration to me, and your story of uh, what you've done in Global Force for Healing is something that I hold up as a as a vision and model of what I see other global citizens uh, doing and stepping forth to do in their own lives, in their own ways. Well, thank you for that. Well, you know, as we as we begin our hour, I think Kay and I are learning this month, uh, Arye, that the hour goes very quickly. And we would love to begin by introducing you perhaps more deeply to our listeners. Um, would you be willing to share your story and how you came to do the work you're doing today? And you can begin that story wherever feels most appropriate um, to you. But we'd love for our listeners to get a sense of who you are. Um. Yeah, I, I've been wondering where to begin it. I'll, I'll tell you where, where I'll begin that. When I, um, when I got, I'm going to leave the Haight-Ashbury days behind for right now. I got out of graduate school with a master's in humanistic psychology. Um, I, um, I started a, um, a business called Right Livelihood Workshops, which was an opportunity for people who were making career changes to get together and talk to each other and support each other. And what I discovered is that if you get people together in a circle and they're all, they're all striving to do something and they can share their, uh, their successes and failures, in this case in changing careers, it was so powerful. Um, and I, I became enamored of that way of working. Later when I was in Silicon Valley and I started uh, the HR forums, Initially, I thought that what I was going to do was put together programs for human resource executives. I was in a great spot to do that. I was working with uh, Tom Peters, the author of In Search of Excellence, in the Tom Peters group. And I thought, okay, we're going to get together great people. We're going to put together great presentations. And guess what? When I got the leaders of um, the human resource functions of Silicon Valley's companies together, I practically had a revolt on my hands. Hands because they said, Arye, we don't need for you to to tell us what we're interested in. Uh, we know what we're interested in, and if we can talk to each other, um, we can learn stuff. And that was, oh, okay, I know that. <laughs> I know that already. So we got the heads of human resources from companies like um, like Oracle and Hewlett-Packard and Adobe and, and Sun, et cetera, the players in Silicon Valley, and they got together and talked to each other about things they were concerned about in their in their own organizations, and, and basically formed a learning community. Um, and so I spent 15 years with that learning community, and I'm I, I just turned 69, and I've been thinking, okay, what do I do next? Um, and part of what I learned in that learning community, we had very interesting thought leaders from all kinds of backgrounds. And increasingly, we began to see, Kate, that some of the thought leaders were talking about where is the world headed. We're talking about global instability and how businesses are trying to cope with that global instability. And it's being driven by all the stuff that all of us think about and talk about every day, by, by climate change, by inequality, by the political instability in the world, and so on. And it began to occur to me that for my next chapter, I wanted to reach beyond strictly a, a business community to um, reach out to people all over the world like Kay, 
who are engaged in making positive change happen and creating a world for all of us that will uh, enable us to survive and move forward through that instability. So, Arye, as you as you contemplated this sort of next chapter for yourself, um, you know, one of the things that you've written about in your book, Holy Beggars, is the sense that of oneness, really, of connection with yes. uh, amongst people around the world. And, and I'm I'm interested. You know, this is a this is to to my um, to my way of thinking. You have a fairly bold vision and a willingness to connect what you know to a larger agenda can you can you share with us this your, your story about experiencing this oneness and how this connects uh, well if, if we go back to those days of san francisco in the 1960s i was a college student i was going to san francisco state college and just by sheer accident uh, i happened to be living in the haight ashbury and um there was all of the excitement that was going on then. There was the sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and the parties, and the Grateful Dead in the park, and all of that good stuff. Mm-hmm. But there was also something else. There were spiritual teachers from all around the world who, for whatever reason, were being drawn to San Francisco in those days. And there were people in my age, my generation, 18, 19, 20, 22, who were being drawn to those teachers. Um, there was Yogi Bhajan, Swami Sachidananda, uh, Murshid Sam Lewis, uh, Suzuki Roshi, you know, from everywhere. I met my teacher was Rabbi Shlomo Karlbach. I'm, I'm Jewish, I was raised Jewish, but I, I wasn't religious, I didn't believe in God. And um, Shlomo was someone who had a vision, his own vision, coming from our tradition, but reaching out to to a sense of the oneness of all of us in the world that really grabbed me. So I wound up, while I was still going to college, uh, renting a house and starting a community for him. Uh, and I, I, we found ourselves in the center of the spiritual revolution. People from all of these backgrounds were getting together, were meeting in our house. Um, Shlomo was, was a... Um, was 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 a, was a teacher and a guide and a visionary, but but so were so many other people. Uh, but by 1972, uh, those of us who were my age decided that we were going to get together and have the first of the type of events, which were later called the Holy Man Jam and other kinds of things. This was called Meeting of the Ways, and it was in Masonic Auditorium in. Um, in, in February 1972, we had Yogi Bhajan and Swami Sachidananda and some of the other leaders there, and, and Rabbi Shlomo Karloff was there as well. And you, the place was full, 3,000 people, everyone dressed in the robes and costumes of their particular tradition. Uh, me and my friends were dressed with our co- colorful uh, hippie uh, kippahs on our heads. And... Um, the thing that everyone was saying that all these teachers are saying is that although our traditions look different, culturally they're different, they have different books and different teachings, ultimately they're all going to the same place. And Shlomo, his way of saying it was very unique. He said, we're all on the same path. We're just wearing different shoes. Hmm. Nice. <laughs> nice. Well, I, I thank you for, for doing that. I know that you... Um you were going to uh, not take us straight to Haight-Ashbury, but 
<laughs> but I took you there with my question. Um, you know, as, 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 as we introduce you to our listeners, you know, what, what is it that you'd really like people to know about you? What would I like people to know about me? Um, I've had the opportunity to have conversations with all kinds of people from, um, CEOs in Silicon Valley to, um, to street people, to people in between, um, in between, uh, chapters of their lives with, um, religious leaders. And what I have found is that when we get together, when human beings get together in some kind of a circle where we're, we're facing each other, we're connecting each other, that what we learn, uh, is bigger than any one of us in the circle. Um, my wife and I do circles for our, our religious community here in the Bay Area, and uh, our, our slogan for that is the circle is the teacher, that when all of us sit in a circle together, regardless of where we come from, the circle is the teacher, and we can walk away with, with more knowledge, more understanding, and more clarity about our own purpose than we did before, before it all started. You know, I love that that simple expression, the circle is the teacher, and I've experienced that myself. I'm quite eager to learn more about how you've experienced the circle as a teacher. I know we're coming right up on a break right now, so I think maybe we'll just take our break and come back, and then we'll dive right into that circle. This is Kate Ebner, and we'll be right back. Always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. We're back. Kay Sandberg and I are talking this morning with Arye Cooper-Smith, a change leader whose vision has taken him from Silicon Valley corporate conversations and corporate circles of corporate leaders to a new path, creating and bringing together a global community called One World Nights. We've been talking about his path and 
I think the theme of this path about how circles have always been an important part of um, how you've learned, Arye, how you've brought people together and what, where you've seen real real value and benefit created. Just before the break, we were talking about the circle as the teacher, Arye. Let's pick up with that. Um, can you tell us, give us an example of how a circle can be a teacher? I'll give you an example from Silicon Valley. Uh, in 1999, we were meeting with uh, human resource leaders to talk about what was on their minds at that point. And we were talking about something that a lot of people may not be familiar with. It's called the H-1B visa program. It's basically a program where the United States allows a certain number of people each year to come from overseas into this country on guest visas. And the point is if we have a shortage of a certain type of talent, this allows companies to to bring people in with that talent. Okay, so Silicon Valley uh, has always been a prime... um, prime user of those kinds of visas, people with technical skills from around the world. So that year in 1999, the number of visas, uh, those visas allowed into the United States was 90,000. And various companies were getting together in this conversation. There was Cisco, there was Sun, there was Adobe, there were other companies. And we were having a conversation. And the politically what was happening is that the program needed to be expanded. The expansion was being opposed by different political organizations and members of Congress, and it looked like it wasn't going to expand. So we're sitting in the circle. One person says, you know, and this is all confidential, so I can't give specifics, but one, one person representing a company says, you know, uh, we have an, a very important product that we need to get out next year. Half the members of that product team are here on these visas. If we can't get those visas, if it doesn't expand, then we're going to have to move our R&D to Canada. We're going to have to move it out of Silicon Valley. And the thing that was so ironic about this is that the people who were opposing the expansion said, oh, we should just hire people from the U.S. We uh, and, and the purpose of opposing it was to keep R&D in the United States. Somebody else around the table said, whoa, I didn't know that. We were actually planning on moving our R&D facility to Ireland. And within a few minutes, we learned that each person there was, had been talking in their own companies about exporting R&D outside the United States because they didn't have the ta- specific talent that they needed. Now, this is something that only, you know, if you think about this, only the circle had this greater knowledge that that a big portion of Silicon Valley was going to send their R&D overseas. Um, so once everybody realized this, we said, wow, we need to do something. Uh, some of the human resource executives got their CEOs to sign a petition, and uh, the CEO... Um, of Cypress Semiconductor, T.J. Rogers, actually carried that petition to Washington, D.C. And it's hard to know exactly why things happened in Washington, but the bottom line was that that allotment of people from overseas who could come into the U.S. on that visa was, uh, was doubled, and Silicon Valley was able to continue keeping R&D right here in Silicon Valley. So, Arie, uh, this is um, 
so interesting to me because, uh, like you, I've, I've worked with executives from, from most of the companies that you mentioned. And to think about what a sea change that is and then how, how they communicated it to their own people is, is so fascinating. Um, and how they learn from each other, I'm sure, going forward in, in um, making that amazing transition. Um, and what that, that leads me to um, uh, some curiosity around what you learned from how you, as I think you said once in a conversation, you saw yourself as the innkeeper for these conversations or maybe the shepherd in designing well, I've, I've, I've spaces. i shepherd, but innkeeper is right. That's how I, I'm at, you know, that is how I see myself, yeah. So, um, how, how as the innkeeper to design, um, these conversations where something amazing, transformational can happen beyond information sharing, um, how do you see your role and how does that carry out or how will it carry out in One World Lights? Um, my first job, if I'm going to be an innkeeper, is to have a very uh, welcoming inn, an inn where people feel comfortable uh, coming in the doors and feel safe in talking about the things that matter. And what that means is on several levels, obviously, uh, it means having the physical space which is appropriate, which is comfortable, where people can come together. It also means having the psychological space uh, where people, each person feels honored, they feel seen, they feel like it's safe to them to get beyond the, the outer conversations to talk about really what really matters for them. So, for instance, in, in Silicon Valley in the HR forums, uh, confidentiality has been uh, a very big part of our conversations. And over 15 years, as far as I know, uh, no one has breached that. So rather than people saying, oh, I can tell you how great my company is, they can say, you know, yeah, my company's great, and I can tell you about the problems we've got. Um, and in One World Lights, the, um, the inn, as it were, is going to be um, local groups of global citizens who will be getting together, who will be sharing their real stories, their, their hopes, their dreams, their frustrations, their challenges, uh, as they work to actualize their visions of making the world better. So the task and the challenge is to create those communities where people really have the kind of um, trust in each other, that they can speak in depth, that they can give each other useful feedback, and that they can all encourage each other to, to get better and keep going at what they do. Right, right. So there is a an alchemy here around just enough structure, just enough content, if you will, to enable those powerful conversations to happen and empower each person to lead her or his own um, endeavor in the case of One World Lights and, and actually also it was the case in, in HR forums. So what is that alchemy? What's the, What are the dynamic elements um, in terms of structure that that you balanced in your previous circle work and that you see to, um, that you want to bring forth really in the visionary leadership work through One World Lights? Um, there are so many people now, as, as you're aware and I'm aware, who are in the world are working with circles in different ways in different situations. Uh, one, uh, two people that I've learned a tremendous amount from are uh, Craig and Patricia Neal, 
who run a group called the Heartland Circle, where they bring people together. Uh, they, they call them the thought leader gatherings and the transformational leadership circles. They bring people together. And I'll tell you one specific thing I learned from them, um, that whenever you're bringing people together in the circle, at the beginning, it is very, very powerful to make sure that every single person in the circle speaks uh, briefly. And you can do this in circles of any size. Uh, you can do this with, with 10 people. You can do this in a circle with 100 people. At the beginning, every single person has a chance to say something. Uh, in the case of uh, how Craig and Patricia do it with fairly large circles, the person might say their name, where they're from, and just one word, tell us what you bring today. You know, and it's so powerful to listen to 50 people and one person says, hope. Another person says, curiosity. Another person says, tears. And you have, you create that space at the beginning. Uh, similarly, uh, at the end, after the conversation is done, you go around the circle and each person can give a word or two or a sentence. Um, about, uh, you know, what did you, what are you taking away? What are you bringing away? I'll tell you what I do in, uh, the HR forums whenever we begin our, 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 our typical session are smaller groups of executives, typically about a dozen or so. And I'll ask each person at the beginning, give us one minute about how you're spending your time in your, in your company these days. You know, and, and ten minutes later or so, we have in the room the picture of what people are really engaged with, what keeps them up at night, uh, what they're excited about, so that any other conversation that occurs occurs in that context. Um, so, you know, those are the kinds of things. Uh, um, shall I give you one more um, example? Just one more quick example, then I've got a follow-up, a burning follow-up question. Okay, another quick That's example. great. We've um, got about two minutes to break. To uh, another, another person I've learned from is Bill George, who is co-author. I'm, I'm sorry, Doug Baker. Uh, Bill George as well, but Doug Baker I personally know, who together with Bill George is, is author of a book called True North Groups. And they talk about how groups of, of senior-level leaders, of executives and leaders in all walks of life, get together for the long run in, in groups that meet regularly where they really provide deep su personal support for each other. So what I've learned from him is that this is a, a very large phenomena of people who provide in-depth personal support that's connected with, with their purpose in life. Well, you know, that, that actually feeds right into my question, REA, which is, um, if you could talk to a little bit uh, more to us about the interface or the, how the, the in-person wisdom circles, where is that deep level of sharing um, and, and personal support, particularly through difficult transitions that can happen when you're face-to-face, -face, how does that play out or interface with the global Internet-based community that you see being a, a giant circle in cyberspace, if you will? Great question. You know, there used to be this um, <laughs> this phrase, uh, high tech and high touch, right? And so w w we have to have the high touch piece of face-to-face -face, uh, uh, relationships with people because nothing can replace that. But what we can do with uh, with the global circle on the Internet, with social media and so on, is we can share learning. In our circle, you know, maybe we'll learn that there's somebody who has been very successful in doing a certain kind of 
a, pro, uh, a process to deal with an environmental issue. And we can post that on our blog, or, on, or they can post it on, the blog, on, on their blog on our, on our website so that someone in a different country, in a different part of the world, can look that up and say, wow, I can learn from that. I can share that with my circle. And imagine, you know, thousands of people doing that all over the world, sharing what we've learned together. That is so inspiring. <laughs> wow. Thank you for that. We must be right about at break. We are right about at break. So let's take our break, and when we come back, we will continue this this uh, very inspiring conversation. Thank you, Arya. We'll be right back. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. Welcome back. This is Kate Ebner and... Together with Kay Sandberg, we're talking with R.A. Cooper-Smith today. He is helping us understand the power of wisdom circles for really creating change in the world. And so we're talking about what R.A. has learned over the years and what he's doing with One World Lights. Um, Kay, you were doing such a great job of, of um, taking us into the conversation with R.A. Why don't you pick us back up? Thank you, Kate. Um, R.A., the other burning question uh, I had was that for every every uh, founder of an organization, for every HR VP, for everybody that wants to make a difference with her precious life, there are challenges that are that come up that sometimes sort of gobsmack us. We don't see them coming, and I wonder what for you has been most challenging to date in making the transition to One World Lights, and then what's the leadership component of facing those transitions, and how can we support each other as leaders in circles to to work through those really difficult challenges? The mo- the biggest challenge to me in Starting One World Lights was sort of the sheer audacity of the vision, right? I mean, I'm just me. <laughs> and um, how how can I make a difference? How can I possibly uh, do something that that's that that's that global? And um, a lot of times, I'll wake up in the middle of the night. I'll think, <clears throat> this is this is too big. I can't do it. Maybe I should try something a little more practical and simple and 
volunteer in my local soup kitchen or, you know, do something here that I can do uh, in my local community. And I keep finding myself driven to this global vision. And what keeps me going, what helps me to realize that this is what I need to do, it's really, it gets back to circles. It's that the process of the circle of getting together a group of people I know to sit with each other and talk to each other is so simple. It's so simple. I can do that. And so healing. You know, just... um, that 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 level of support that a group that has your back without judgment and really in service to both the 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 high level vision that at some level we all share the oneness and unity of life and and helping the, bring forth this transformation but also the specifics that each person is sitting in when they have those moments as I've had as well those clutch moments of wow this is too big where do I go from here thank uh-huh. you well, the other I, I'm, half of that I'm, equation and how I think about it is, you know, my um, my 25 years in Silicon Valley, where I've seen firsthand how people have created startups, how they've begun with an idea, and how marrying the vision of reaching out to the world with the technology that we now all have that allows us to do it means that. Um, that big things can happen very quickly from humble beginnings. You know, I'm glad that you, uh, that's something I'm, I'm glad to hear you say, Arye, because, um, there are several things that you've said in the, in this show and in the past few minutes that seem to me very important for our listeners to, to hear. And one is that you do have those moments where you're lying awake at night thinking, whoa, <laughs> it's just me, you know, and I'm trying to do this big thing. Um, and I'm, I want to emphasize that because I think for many people, we have amazing vision, we have extraordinary ideas, and then we have to find the courage and the staying power, if you will, to, to kind of stick with it, even when we have those middle of the night moments. And I'm glad then that you said that you really go back to this simple, powerful, proven idea of the circle and what you've seen it do. And I think that that is another thing I want uh, those of us who are who are out there listening to really um, home in on the idea that you know at the at the core of your big idea is probably something simple and practical, something that you know works and that you really believe in. And as long as you have that, it's sort of like the beating heart at the center of everything. Then you're you're able to you know, have the courage to stay with the idea and really bring it bring it to life. And then the third thing you just said is, I looked around me here where I live in Silicon Valley and I've seen how these things can be done from very humble beginnings and I think we again can look around ourselves and notice examples of how this works and realize that even though our own particular vision and our own particular um, brand of of connecting to this important mission uh, might be different from other people's we actually can learn so much just by talking in a way creating a circle around our own vision and our own effort so I just wanted to summarize that a little bit because I think you you know you're speaking so much Arya from your own life and your own story and there's so much for us to learn uh, from the wisdom that you're bringing today um, I would like to actually ask you I'm curious about uh, inspiration and and who inspires you, what inspires you. I'm I'm really hearing it's the circle. 
But can you just say a little bit about, you know, where you draw your inspiration from? Uh, I draw my inspiration from people who have shown me what it's possible that a human being can do. You know, I would say my initial teacher that I mentioned, uh, Rabbi Shlomo Karbach, who showed me how he could personally with his family escape Europe, uh, escape the Holocaust, come to the U.S., take take the depth of the tradition that he brought with him and, 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 and reach out to people in America, make a difference for for um, tens of thousands of Jews and tens of thousands of religious people from, from, from all kinds of walks of life. Also from my other uh, my other religious teacher, Rabbi Zalman Schachter, who was uh, Shlomo's best friend. And Zalman is in the world now. He he's the founder of Jewish Renewal, which is a whole new way of taking the the ancient wisdom of, of Jewish mysticism out in, in, into the world in a very global way today. But and, and you know, I also Kay, I also find inspiration from the business people that I've been privileged to meet to meet in, in my work. I'll, I'll give you I'll give you one example. Um, one of our um, one of our members of the HR forums and a member of our advisory board is uh, Stephen Rice who is executive vice president at uh, Juniper Networks uh, in Silicon Valley. He was actually at Davos last week, and he was receiving an award as a business person of the year. Um, he, um, he partnered with um, David Batstone, who is founder of Not For Sale. It's a global organization that is committed to ending human trafficking. And they have volunteers all over the world who spring people from situations where they're being held against their will and get them into safe houses and, um, and give them the opportunity to, to, to live decent lives. And this is going on all over the world. He calls it smart activism. So I'll tell you what inspired me. We had a session a couple years ago where the two of them were there together and they talked about their partnership. Stephen at Juniper is head of their uh, corporate foundation, so he can he can give money. Uh, and David is the activist who's organizing smart activism all over the world. Stephen made a very interesting point from the view of corporate social responsibility. He said, if you're if you're using your money just to do good, it's not going to last because eventually, you know, there'll be a new board, a new CEO, and you know, you can't sustain that. But he said, if you're using your money to do well by doing good, that makes a huge difference, and you can keep that going. So that's been Stephen's philosophy. Uh, it turns out that the, the the corporate motto for Juniper Networks is change the world. That's a very nice uh, motto, right? <laughs> but uh, so changing the world for, for, from the point of view of human resources means attracting people who are motivated to change the world. So bottom line, they wound up in a partnership with Not For Sale where they developed the technology that's going to allow any of us as consumers to take our smartphone, scan the barcode of anything we buy anywhere, and see if there is any slave labor content in it, and thereby make our, our personal choices, millions of consumers all over the world, to end global trafficking. To me, that is a huge inspiration. Mm-hmm. That is wow! Thank you for sharing that with us. I'm I'm sure that there are many people listening who would like to look into that, and I'm glad I'm glad to hear these sources of inspiration for you. Um, again, it's really a great question. 
for any of us to ask ourselves, you know, who inspires you? And, you know, we have a few minutes before we take another break, Arye. Hopefully, and I have a sense your vision is big, but I want to invite you to share your vision with us. And really, you know, when I think about vision and we think about it on the show, it, we mean a, a detailed description of a desired destination, you know, a, a, a place that we want to get to that you can see and perhaps you could describe for us so that we can see it too. Do you think you could do that? Yeah, I'll give it, I'll give it my best shot. All right. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I, I talked a little bit about that uh, experience in, in 1972 where, where people from all different, um, traditions came together and at that point, we imagined a world where for our grandchildren it would be inconceivable, inconceivable that people would fight each other about differences in religion or where they come from or what they believe. Now, that was in 72, and sadly that world has not yet come to pass. But let me share with you where I'm at now. Um, based on you know where I'm going forward with One World Lights, I see a world with millions of people everywhere, global citizens, who are diverse in who we are, where we come from, what we do, but we're serving people in our own communities and we're joining hands to support each other as we transform the world. And I see a world where most people will experience their main identity not as members of this party or this uh, religious organization or this country, but as global citizens where we all mm-hmm. share ownership and responsibility uh, for one world for all of us. And I do see a world, I, I still can see it, where someday our great-great-grandchildren will find it inconceivable that human beings used to fight and, and kill each other over differences among religions and nations. And I see a world, we're going back to my teacher, Reb Shlomo, where everyone will know and experience that we really are all on the same path. We're just wearing different shoes. Beautiful. You know, I've never really heard anyone in their vision articulate that we would we live in a t- we, you know in their vision that we live in a time when it's inconceivable that we would commit acts of violence against each other and i'm so grateful to you for bringing that into our show and into the, in, for out for our audience today that is a big vision and it's uh really quite something to contemplate how to get there we're going to take a break right now this is kate ebner you're listening to visionary leader extraordinary life with kay sandberg and aria cooper smith and we'll be right back Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. 
be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. Welcome back again. I'm so glad you're with us this morning. You know, in the last segment, Arya really shared his his powerful vision and and a vision of of unity, of connection, of global uh oneness actually. And you know, we had a chance Arya to really take that in. Thank you so much. Um Kay, you had a wonderful follow-on idea during the break. Um, Arie, you know, when I went again recently to OneWorldLights.com, your website, I was inspired all over again by how you chunked down such a, a beautiful, bold, and huge vision into uh, the clarity of numbers, numbers of people and circles and global citizens. I wonder if you could share that, starting with 100 guiding founders, and lead us through how, how you're going to take this vision to the, to the individual. Um, thank you, Kay. Yeah. So just to explain how uh, we're thinking about this, a guiding founder is someone who is already very well known in the world, inspiring, doing the kind of thing that we want to inspire many other people to do. So that's a guiding founder. A global citizen is, is someone who is out there the, among the thousands of us who are working each in our own way to make these kinds of things happen. So Here's the numbers that, that I'm imagining here. Um, we have a, a hundred guiding founders, a thousand wisdom circles, ten thousand global citizens, and then because each global citizen connects with so many people, we have tens of thousands of friends. We're diverse in who we are and what we do, but we're connected in community. And collectively, as a community, we are accelerating humanity's course change toward a, a healthy, peaceful, just, humane, sustainable world, and one world for all of us. Wow. And um, <laughs> I'm just, just taking that in and imagining myself in one of those circles and also, um, as you said, gleaning the wisdom from Circles upon circles, thousands of people. Um, and how can the, our listeners today tap into um, to your beautiful vision and also the, the articulation of the wisdom circles on on your site? Well, 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 thank you for asking. I really appreciate that. Okay, so anyone who's interested can go to oneworldlights.com, dot org, or dot net. Any of those will get you there. Oneworldlights.com. Um, there is a place on there. If, if you go to community, you can see the different uh, uh, types of ways of participating in our community. And if you are interested, maybe you would like to be a, um, a global citizen or a friend and stay connected, uh, you can just let us know. There's a form there. Just fill it out and let us know. Um, on the section where there are blogs, uh, we're just getting started. I've... Um, 
I've initiated my blog. We've got uh, two or three more in the wings. Well, and in the next few weeks, we're going to have a number of people who were involved, each doing their blog. So you can get on there, you can read the blogs, you can comment. Or if you just have a question or, or a thought or, or feedback, you can go to contact us. But any of that stuff will get you in touch with our uh, community, and, and uh, we'll take it together from there. Thank you so much for sharing that. You know, and I really recommend that people do go to uh, the OneWorldLights.net website because it's a fascinating site to just read and explore. And I, I love how you presented your vision, as Kay pointed out, that 100 Guiding Founders, that 1,000 Wisdom Circles. And those of you listening, you could be a part of that 1,000 Wisdom Circles, 10,000 Global citizens, tens of the, uh, thousands of friends, diverse in what, who we are and what we do, connected in community, accelerating humanity's course change toward a healthy, peaceful, just, humane, sustainable world. One world for all of us. Such a powerful vision. And, Arya, I have to tell you that your blog is fabulous to read. You have a, a poetic um, and, and thoughtful, reflective writing style that I also think people might really enjoy. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I guess, you know, the other thing I could say, you know, is sort of a, a different uh, a different strand that if people are interested in, in reading about my, uh, my, uh, my journey from the Haight-Ashbury days through my own spiritual journey, that um, uh, Holy Beggars, uh, a journey from Haight Street to Jerusalem is, um, you know, is a way to do that. Uh, you can go to holybeggars.com or you can just go to Amazon. I think that's a great... Great point, and I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, I know that that's something that um, we at the Nebo Company will be reading and reflecting upon and um, really looking forward to, to reading uh, that book. And Arye, you know, I wanted to ask you, because as we thought about your vision, um, we really called this show Inspiring the Next Spiritual Revolution. And, you know, the question is, you know, that, that we have here at Nebo is, what, what what will it look like? You know what 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 happens when someone has a spiritual revolution? You know, like what's um, what does it mean for people who are listening today to contemplate having their own spiritual revolution? Oh, what a wonderful question! Maybe maybe you and I and all of us can start answering that together. Huh? Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> I, you know, from from my side of it is. Um, on an inward level, there's, there's the inside and the outside level, right? On the inside level, it's having a, a certain kind of experience. It's not about a belief or a faith or an ideology or anything like that. It's an experience of how we really are all one, how we really are all connected. It's such a deep thing, and it's like love when you, you know, when you, when you, you know, you know it when you're there. Um, but then the question becomes, so what? So what does that mean for the world? And then there's the outside level. And the outside level means if we're all one, then I share responsibility for, for you and, 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 and all of us and everybody. So I have to find some way to manifest that and do something. So for me, the spiritual revolution means I have the experience, I get it, and then I commit to action. Mm. You know, if I'm, uh, like most people, if I'm in a, a regular full-time uh, daytime gig, you know, maybe I can or can't do that on my job. Maybe there's something I can do at work, or maybe I find time on the weekend or in the evening, but I do something, I commit to action to make a difference in whatever way I can. And then 
the one world life piece is okay you know we're, we're all doing this each in our own way let's link up with each other when you talk about spirit what do you mean by that like what for i mean I'm sure we have a very diverse um audience listening and you know when you talk about about connecting through spirit what does that mean to you connecting through spirit it means the experience of something beyond my ego Mm-hmm. Um, I walk through the day and I've got to be me, I've got to remember stuff, I've got to take my shopping list with me, whatever it is. But then uh, hopefully I can make a little time in, in my day, in my life, to just sit, to just be, to reach out to a level that's, that's beyond who Arya is and what Arya does in the world, but is, is connecting with the source of all of it. Thank you so much for, for, for saying that so simply and so clearly. Um, you know, what I have loved about this hour, Arye, and, and, and thanks to Kate, Kay, sorry, Kay, I'm calling you Kate, Kay for her help um, in this conversation is the way that you've really illuminated for us the power of the circle, uh, the wisdom in the circle, and how accessible the circle is. And I think that you really pointed out also some fundamentals of circle leadership, the confidentiality that's so critical for trust and a sense of um, spacious, uh, you know, space where where you don't have to worry about putting on the the public face. You know, this is the confidentiality. You also mentioned how important it is for every person to put their voice into the room, particularly at the very first circle meeting. And you've given us some great examples of the the knowledge that's shared, the wisdom that comes, and really some of the transformative outcomes that happen in circle leadership. I'd like to just close today by inviting you, Arye, to to make any other comments that you'd like to share about um, what people can learn by joining or founding a wisdom circle. Like, what what really would you like our listeners to to take away? What's the invitation? Okay, so the invitation would be to find other people who are doing things that matter, that you would like to learn from, that you would like to spend time with. You know, I guess for each of us it's different. Maybe it's people at your church or at your school or at your workplace or your friends or whatever it is. And um, invite them to get together. Uh, You can... With, a, with starting with a group of four or five people, you can get together and talk and say, what, what would this be like if, if we could form a circle? What's the common theme? What do we have in common? And, you know, to begin share that, sharing that and having ownership of everybody in your core group and then begin inviting other people, begin finding how you're going to get together, um, how you're going to... Um, meet regularly. There's a lot of uh, practical guidance in various books that are out. Um, one of them is, is True North Groups, which I, I mentioned, where, which anybody can use that process. And I'm also personally happy to uh, connect with people who are doing that if, if you connect with me through the One World Lights website. Great. Well, you know, we're at the end of our time together, believe it or not. Time just flies on this uh, show I'm finding. And I want to say thank you, Arya Cooper-Smith, for joining me and Kay Sandberg here today for this important conversation. And I hope everyone listening will go and check out OneWorldLights.net. 
Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. We sincerely hope you've enjoyed hearing from leaders who are using vision to create an inspiring future. Please join host Kate Ebner for another edition of Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business Channel. Meanwhile, visit www.nebocompany.com for more tips on bringing your own vision to life. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.